When you walk away, oh no, don't hear me say. I can't hit that not, that note, so I'm not going to try it. I was uh, genuinely happy the movie ended on a song. I'll say that. Okay, hello everyone. Which is a Final Fantasy staple to have one of these fucking songs in it. Is is Final Fantasy, or is this not a very Final Fantasy, in your opinion? Matt well, Gringo, my We're co-host? not there yet. We'll get there. <laughs> Alright, uh, this is uh, failed blockbusters. This is We're talking Final Fantasy Spirits Within. I don't know why I struggled with that right now. I, I think the heat's getting to me. <laughs> Diego turned his fan off for three seconds and the heat is getting to him. <laughs> yeah. so. It's a beautiful California morning. Um, there's no dew anywhere. <laughs> Life is dead. You live in a fucking desert. Yeah, but they lied to us our whole lives you over here. In a fucking desert. And they're like, oh no, it's actually really cool that we, we, we established that lawns are a part of our uh, capitalist ecosystem yeah i mean even it's really bad for the planet you gotta have lawns you know i'm gonna shout out uh someone who's no longer with us on planet earth Uh, my neighbor from across the street hilda i cannot remember her last name she was a little old lady (laughs) great shout out yeah she she used to watch me when i was a little guy in loving Um, memory of hilda 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 (laughs) Hilda, whatever her name was no no okay so here's there's twofold to this I'm bringing her up because she was one of the first people I ever knew of on planet Earth who was like, no, it's really hard to take care of a lawn in California. I'm going to plant desert plants and stuff in the front. And so she did. And I was like, oh, that's that's weird. And then over time, I got used to it. And I was like, this is like actually pretty cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I don't have to you don't have to mow the lawn. You know, you, don't, you just, just do this. And it's like it takes care of itself, basically. Um, she was also a racist, oh, but, no. she, but she was, you know, she, she like looked after me when, um, uh, my parents had to work or something like that. Can I tell you, my, uh, yeah. So that's a, you know, people are complicated. Can I tell she you was a, also like a hundred, but can go I tell ahead, you a barely ahead. related story about the people who lived across the street from my grandparents. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I just dove into like maybe the most random tangent yeah. I've ever jumped in. This will so be slightly more random, but, uh, so I, I don't know this type of grass. There was, there's these neighbors that lived across from my grandparents their whole life that had this type of grass that you didn't, you don't really have to cut it, but it only turns green during the summer and the rest of the year it's like dead orangish, right? Like, uh-huh. I don't know what it is. It's supposed to, I think it's like a certain type of desert grass. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's interesting. Above a certain temperature, they turn green below it just dies. So it's kind of fascinating. Um, yeah, these two women lived together across the street from my grandparents. They were very friendly and they would come over for like barbecues and stuff like that. And they would like, uh, they gave us gifts at Easter time. And I found out at a certain point they were former nuns. And I'm sitting around one day. They moved away at a certain point. And I'm sitting around one day just on the back porch of my grandparents' house. And I, I'm just sitting and thinking. And I was like, oh, shit, they were lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait, exactly. Wait. <laughs> like, they were lifelong friends. 
<laughs> and they lived together. Just and, gals being pals. Yeah, exactly. And it was just one of those things where I was sitting there and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you have those moments. Yeah. It suddenly hits you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so very nice people. I don't, you at least remember her, uh, what's her face's name. I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember their names at all, but I hope they are doing well wherever they are. Um, yeah, yours were also weren't racist. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. So. I didn't, only knew them before they could like start expressing political opinions to me. So, oh, okay, you know, I just are remember... racist lesbians, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. We um, like to I believe remember... that if someone's in a marginalized group, that they respect all marginalized groups, but that's just not the fucking case. I just remember it was one time because like she would take me to the movies sometimes too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. And there was like a trailer for for some Eddie Murphy comedy or something like that. And oh no, I, I was oh, like, no. I kind of want to see that. And she's like, Well, I don't really like movies like that. And I, and, and this, this is what took me like years to figure out in hindsight. But she was, I was like, comedies, and she's like, No. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, wow. Um, and it it just kept happening whenever it was like a. A non-white person okay, in the lead yeah. role. Because I was going to so. say, like, for all you know, it could have been a trailer for Norbit. Like, I would have understood being like, I don't like movies like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this, 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 uh, I'm talking older, like 2002, 2003. I mean, maybe just after this movie came the out. The Adventures of Pluto and Ashes around that time. Warner Brothers, uh, uh, what used to be Warner Brothers' biggest flop. Oh yeah, is it not anymore? Is the did the Flash do that? There was a headline that said the Flash is now a bigger flop than the Adventures of Pluto and Ash. Now I don't know how true that is, but it's funny to think about. I'm gonna say it's true. That is the most incredible statement I've ever heard. I guess we're gonna have to do the Adventures of Pluto and Ash now. Like at some point, we'll have to do it. I don't think you and you or I have ever brought that movie up. I know it's never been one, but there was a kind of like. When that movie came out, there was a, like, why does this exist? And then you're like, why did it cost $100 million to make? Like, Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's irresponsible to spend $100 million on a, on a comedy like that. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of irresponsible, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Yes. The 2001 American-Japanese co-production. It's a, a computer animated science fiction film directed by Hironobi... Sakaguchi, yes, the creator the, 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 of the creator. Final Fantasy franchise. This is basically his end with the franchise. Oh, why is that? Um, well, <laughs> movie didn't do very well. No, there's a reason it's on this list. Yes, remember it, these are failed blockbusters. Critically, are at the box office, but not always in our hearts. And this feels like a movie that maybe has truly never earned any money back. <laughs> I know. No, like, we should talk about that. Where it's like. You know, um, uh, the writer of Men in Black is like, hey, yeah, I've never gotten residuals on it because financially speaking, the studio has only lost money on it. Mm-hmm. That's why there's four sequels, an attempt at a spinoff, an animated series, endless merchandise, but it's never been successful financially. Well, so he's look, never seen a cent from it. Look, I, I get where that guy's coming from. N- none of that shit has anything to do with the spirits within. Okay, okay. N- not at all. Um, in fact, uh, I think the the big complaint people have about this movie, and the reason why maybe it stopped it from be- having any sort of audience, is that there's basically nothing in this to do with Final Fantasy. 
at all. But it's it's anime. No, that that's what people's brains think. I I don't even think that though, because this isn't like the computer generated anime stuff has only kind of taken off in recent years. Like mm-hmm. this is there's there's a couple weird outliers. Like uh, did you watch? We've talked about Toonami, but if you did you watch Blue Submarine number six when it aired? I did not. That was like a mini series, and part of that was it was a mix of kind of traditional Japanese animation and new. Uh, like CGI, like I believe, like a bunch of like ships and monsters in it were more computer generated 3D type stuff. Mm. And it was like pitched as the future of animation, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, I remember uh, Reboot. Reboot. Which is like even before this, like yeah. way before this. But when you, when you think of like the CG animated stuff, um, that's where my, my mind jumps. To. I think probably, that was the first thing I saw. Reboot around the time of. Like that's from Canada, right? Like, and that's like I think few so. Years before this movie, yeah. So. And I couldn't even tell you anything about it. I just see like the images in my head, you know. There's some that that has I I don't remember the the names of any of the characters. They're all like dot and like matrix. Like that's all their names, right? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. they're all computer terms. All CPU I, or yeah. whatever. All I know the one was Mouse, who was like she was kind of like a thief, I believe. And uh, all I remember is that, like, the, the whenever the, the user, who's basically God, plays a video game, it comes down in, like, this purple cube, and the citizens of computer land have to win the game, and if they lose, that section of the city gets, like, destroyed. Like, that's the plot of that show. That's a little scary. It's weird. It's a weird one. And then it got, like, oddly intense, where... I think if I remember because I remember it kind of messing me up is that like season two ends with like the hero not being killed, but basically being like removed from the story. Like he's gone, like, like the bad guy wins. And then there's like a time jump at the end of between season two and three. And the little kid is now like a grown adult who's like a hardened badass because of how miserable life has been to him in the intervening years. Jesus. Yeah. I remember that vividly. It was a pretty intense show. For a kid's show. I should watch Reboot. I, reboot been a part retrospective. Of me, there's been a part of me that's like, should I go back to Reboot? And then I just never do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where there's like, I remember those moments and nothing else for a reason. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what's your history with the Final Fantasy? Oh, yeah. Um, everyone I went to school with played final fantasy games Mm. i had no fucking knowledge of this um my eventual introduction to kingdom heart or to final fantasy was kingdom hearts Mm -hmm. like a a year after this movie's released right i think that was a gateway drug for most kids our age yeah and i was like oh who is who the fuck is Sephiroth? (laughs) like i'm hanging out with donald and goofy like, what is this, you know? And then it's like, oh, this guy has a sword that's a gun? Yeah. Uh, like Squall, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, this is, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, it, it's still, like, really cool, but it's also, like, it's so nerdy. I uh, know, it is you know? insanely nerdy. But there was a window where... I mean, when you're when you're younger, Kingdom Hearts comes across as a little badass, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's so goofy to say yeah. when you're like eight, you know, 
it's like, why is this fucking poster for a Disney game so dour? Like, yeah, yeah. Why is it so contemplative? And that's all the Final Fantasy posters. They feel like, because Final Fantasy X was huge around that time. And that was probably the first, me and my sister used to play those games together all the time because we like, we couldn't really do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was, uh, no offense to my sister, but a lot of it was me kind of coming in and beating the bosses. <laughs> and But they were challenges. Like, oh, Are you saying girls can't play video games? That's exactly what I'm saying. No, yeah, yeah. I'm saying my <laughs> sister was two years <laughs> no, younger than me, is what I'm saying. No, no, I, I totally get it. Yeah. So I would I would game a lot with my cousins, too. Even to this day, like uh, I, I play the, the Spider-Man games with my cousin. Whenever the new Insomniac ones come out, mm-hmm. I just spent like a weekend with my cousin and we just plot through them right yeah, yeah um but back in the day it was like because I, I got a lot of cousins and so when we'd all get together for family stuff whatever there'd be an xbox or something or like if we're playing uh like halo one of my younger cousins would be like oh i want to play too and she's like six at the time right it's like okay sure so we give her a controller that that's not on and be like you're the bottom right and it'd be like my other cousin well maybe that was mean hey but, if, as long as whatever. she never caught on <laughs> I don't have the heart to tell her. So. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I'm sure my older cousins did similar shit to me. I remember them playing GoldenEye and being like, you're too young to play this. But, oh. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Um, I was, uh, so, yeah, we probably, we played a lot of that. Here's, I think I've told this story for some reason on this podcast, but I, like, I did not understand the R- RPG mechanics of Kingdom Hearts when I first played it. Like, I just kind of played it as an action game. Uh, same same and i didn't know you could like upgrade equipment i made it all the way to the final boss without ever upgrading the keyblade no no literally me too yeah that was the same keyblade the entire time like can you imagine how fucking why we did now that's like a challenge mode for people and we did it (laughs) like as children (laughs) it did take us for me like i had to have taken like two or three months to do that though and then i never could beat the final boss and then later when I figured out, oh, you can upgrade the Keyblade, was when I like finally went back and beat him. Um, Ansem, who turned out not to really be Ansem, but like those the plots of those games, believe it or not, don't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but that was the gateway in the Final Fantasy. And again, like those covers, there's something so imposing about the name Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. like you agree you know like, I, yeah it's the final fantasy <laughs> like what does that mean that's why there's 15 of them now yeah well that's the other no. thing it's like why is there 10 of them like <laughs> when i'm a kid it's like why is that the thing and it's then you play it and it's like some goofy ass shit right like mm-hmm. put the clip of uh titus laughing here from <laughs> final fantasy x which is a real thing that happens in the middle of that game but they're told with such a, like, every story is like a grim story about the world being destroyed by evil. <laughs> like, and, yeah, and then for some reason there was this movie just out there in the ether that I remember the posters for. I remember they had the giant, like, cardboard, you know, like, remember they used to do cardboard stand-ins that just spelled Final Fantasy? And I remember the that image of our main character with her, the reflection through the water. Mm-hmm. I remember that being everywhere for a while. And then it just like disappeared. And like, I had no idea why it was, that was the final fantasy movie, what that had to do with final fantasy, how 
there are 10 of them and how they're all connected because they was just looking from the outside in they all seem like different stories which they are <laughs> yeah, yeah but i didn't understand that as a kid and then this movie just kind of as even as my appreciation for final fantasy grew over the years because i would play x and then i went back and thankfully with the ps2 was backwards compatible with the playstation one so it was very easy to go back and play a bunch of ps1 games which is how i was introduced to most of the final fantasy games because that uh that had the we'll go into we'll get into the history of Final Fantasy in the states soon, but that the PlayStation One had the largest collection of the series at the time, um, and I still didn't understand where this movie fit. And then I would catch it on cable every now and then, played on the Sci-Fi Channel a lot from my memory. Still have no idea, and yeah, that's a whole. We'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to note that, yeah, Final Fantasy stuff is inherently disconnected. There's no plot or character relations to each other, which is something I struggled with because it was like, no, well, they're sequels, so they have to be connected. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to my friend from middle school, Gerald Kumagai, who was like the biggest Final Fantasy guy at the school, and he tried to educate me, and I just could not understand. I was like, no, there's X2 now, (laughs) so it's a sequel. Like, why isn't it a sequel? I didn't understand. My brain would not compute. That's, that's the other thing for when I was younger is that like you would see that X2 poster and it would, to me, it's, this will be anyone who's played X2, this will sound hysterical, but it had the same vibe looking at that cover as my dad's poster for Godfather part two. Like, <laughs> cause you know, I'm too young to watch those movies and I'm like, this movie is such an epic. There are two parts and they're in the big DV. They're in the big VHS cases, which means they're like really long. I'm like, what happens in these movies? <laughs> like, and then I'm looking at these Final Fantasy games, and especially the PlayStation One versions. A lot of them came on multiple discs. I believe Seven is on three discs, and it's like, how is that possible? Like, what is this? Like, how epic is it? And then why are there ten of them? <laughs> like, this must be the story of a generation like <laughs> this this series must have all the answers in it if it's that long like and i mean you know what it is kind of like the story of like the video game generation no, no, like, at least that 90s run yeah know? for for our age it is it's still very important you know yeah um, uh, especially know. uh six seven and eight i think those seem to be the ones people refer to as like the greatest final fantasies um, generally speaking generally yeah. I'm not even saying those are my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't played all of them. Nine, probably higher up there, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've not heard that. You really, nine seems like the hipster take to me, number one, and I'm kind of in the hipster camp on that one. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, we'll fine. get to that. Um, and, yeah, you know what, though? Like, I don't know about it, because I know, it, it seems it is weird thing. I remember when Final Fantasy VIII came out, it kind of got savaged by critics, um, not eight. Um, thirteen. I mean, did I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thir- when thirteen came out, it kind of got savaged, and that's one where it's like thirteen, thirteen two, Final Fantasy thirteen Lightning Returns. Like it's basically yeah. a trilogy <laughs> of games, and it's supposed to be insane long. I've never played it, but like it, it's this weird thing now where it seems like when everyone comes out, it kind of gets savaged, and then a a pocket of nerds defend it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, which is an MMO, uh, was savaged upon release, but then I believe that one like is genuinely turned around, like with a bunch of updates that they've 
they put the effort in to make it a good game. Um, 15, don't know much about, but 16 just dropped. Um, as we're recording it, 16 just came out, and Diego was a little concerned when he saw something trending on Twitter the other day, and I had to inform him that it was a Final Fantasy thing. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it was like Meteor, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, no, no, It's just, they think this guy from Final Fantasy's hot. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to assume that from now on. Yeah. Like, oh, what's this concerning thing trending? Oh, someone's just horny? Okay. World War III's trending? Eh, it's Final Fantasy. No need to worry about that. No, no, no. Not even Final Fantasy related. Just someone out there super horny. Yeah, well, that's you. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably... Yeah. So here's something that happened to me recently that I was not expecting. So, um... I guess they're cousins. It's a little hard to understand, but, like, my uncle's got married to someone who already had kids, and so now, like, we're, we're related. And I get along with him, and, we meet, and one of them got married, went to the wedding, and I, he might be listening to this podcast. I know he, he is aware that I do this podcast. And he might have clicked on this episode, and I go up and I'm talking to him. We're just talking about shit. And somehow, I was like, "What have you been up to?" And he's like, uh, "I've been wait." He's like, "I might duck out of here early because I'm waiting for my. Uh, I ordered a PS5 and it should arrive tonight." I was like, "Oh, all right. Why'd you Why'd you get it?" He's like, "Well, the Final Fantasy game just came out, and like, I just I want to play it." And like, I had no idea this guy was in the Final Fantasy. <laughs> and so we ended up talking about Final Fantasy and anime for a little bit. But he was like, "Yeah, I got a PS5 just to play the new." final fantasy game <laughs> you know what i have to respect that because i'm one of those fucking schmucks who just bought the ps5 for spider-man 2 yeah so. i i might i'm probably coming up on getting it too like that might be yeah for the spider-man like, game and the final fantasy game so yeah I, I think i'll give the new final fantasy a shot because uh, mm-hmm. i haven't played one in since 10x yeah. or 10 2 x2 what whatever Tw- see it's 12? already getting confusing <laughs> 12 is actually pretty good final fantasy 12 is actually pretty good for the ps2 but that's one where they kind of changed the mechanics so people aren't, like, a giant fan of it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, I haven't played... I, I I haven't played 13 through 16, which is what the newest one is. So yeah. I mean, I've never even played, like, the original couple. Like, I, my touchstones really are 6 to 9. So, do you want to talk 10. about the history of Final Fantasy? Sure! Uh, so, as a series? Yeah! So, we got to... Hironobu's um, Sakugai... Sakaguchi, sorry, um, is the creator. Of it. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was fumbling with the fucking tabs. Famously, Square, which before it became, before it merged with Enix, was just Square, which was a Japanese video game developer. They had made some video games. They weren't doing very well. They were basically like, look, we're, we got one more game. Like we can only really afford to make one more game, and if if it isn't a hit, it's gonna sink the company. So they make a game called Final... That's why it's called Final Fantasy, because it was probably going to be their final game. They make it for the uh, Famicom, which is the uh, Japanese name for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a surprise hit. It becomes this big kind of fantasy RPG hit. It's part of the RPG wave that's happening in Japan at the time. Um, it gets ported over here. A sequel gets made. Final Fantasy II gets made for the Famicom. It is never... It is not released in the United States. As is Final Fantasy III, also made for the Famicom. So 2 and 3 aren't released in the United States. Because mm. um, RPGs aren't as big over here at the time. Like, computer RPGs are kind of big, but that's an incredibly niche audience. RPGs are still in the realm of Dungeons & Dragons, right? Right. And at the time, Dungeons & Dragons are A, 
like the nerdiest thing you could be into because anime hasn't come over here yet. <laughs> and uh, it's also, if you are from the Midwest, it is also a gateway to Satanism. So the, yeah. no, here's the thing I, I got to say really quickly, because like Stranger Things has the whole Dungeons and Dragons, like subculture thing that kind of runs <laughs> through the entire show. I really want to see someone who does a Stranger Things-esque show but for 90s kids who get really into anime. No, 100%. <laughs> yeah, just do that. I'm waiting yeah. for the anime thing to really start. Like, you're starting to see it where you have directors in interviews saying they were influenced by anime, like, slightly on their projects. But it hasn't mm-hmm. hit in the way that I want it to, you know? Yeah. It'll, it'll fucking happen. It, yeah. it's, anime's never been more popular over here. So. It's, it's that and the fact that video games now seem to be the next IP thing that people are going to start diving into. Yeah. Also, it's literally impossible to go to Anime Expo in Los Angeles now, unless yes. you want to be crammed into a can of fucking sardines. Yeah. So. So. It'll happen soon. It's gonna. It's coming, and then it'll be ruined for everyone. But. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what's after anime? What's the nerdy thing <laughs> after anime? Death. <laughs> Flatliners. You know what I think it's gonna be? No joke. You know what I think it'll be? What? Furries. <laughs> I really do. I, was, I, I, think, I think I brought it up before. I thought my I thought the direction was going to be like fantasy adventure stuff because there was a there's a lot of it coming out still and there's stuff like in the works. And I was like, maybe this is the move, but it might just be too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, video game stuff. You could just be like, oh, it's a prestige show like The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, a little bit or whatever. Like, you have the prestige, but like that's also they're all kind of fantasy adjacent. You know, like yeah. Um, so I I see that being yeah. the next thing um furries it makes sense unfortunately yeah. i i feel sorry for that community because it, it it's probably very strong as a subculture and once that gets thrust into the mainstream it's going to be disastrous did you ever see uh the purge election year no i did not is there yeah, furries it, in it <laughs> uh there's like a, a killer furry like in a suit and then they get shotgunned down in the street and i cheered in the theater wow yeah. Well, it's okay. It's not as good as the second one. If I so. feel like the opposite would happen in a purge world. Because you, you see the right keeps trying to weaponize furry as like something parents should be afraid of. Oh yeah, but furry's like there's that one like furry gamer who's like really leftist and he keeps winning like tournaments. Oh yeah, that was yeah, whoever that was for a while. I can't remember his name, it was something Fox, I think. Um was it like Blue Fox? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Like, I don't know any. None of these words are in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that seems to be a thing. And like, the, you know, it's that thing they're trying to be like: if we allow, look, look at these furries. If we allow kids to transition, if we let trans kids to transition, what's next? We're gonna allow people to become their personas. Like, that's a hundred percent what they're trying to do. You know what? Maybe Avatar is the key to saving the world. I, hey, maybe. There's a, there's something here. I, my brain can't put all the pieces together, but it's, it's percolating something. Yeah, percolating's a word. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's a real word. I know dictionaries. But uh, anyway, back to the history of Final Fantasy in the States. Yeah, so I apologize uh, for that. <laughs> so then, 4 and 6 get released in the United States on the Super Nintendo. They skip 5, and they're renamed Final Fantasy 2 and 3. So as far as America's concerned, there's a trilogy of Final Fantasy games. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VI, which is three here, that one is usually a contender among people as best in the series. Some people really like that one. That's the one with the evil clown man who's the villain. <laughs> oh yeah, who doesn't love that guy? I mean, 
Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, but then an interesting thing happens in our culture and the world. So the Super Nintendo was like this RPG machine in Japan. But like RPGs still were popular. A few of them made it over here, but not a lot. And like a lot of the ones that did bomb, famously the video game Earthbound, uh, which is Mother 2 in uh, Japan, uh, bombed horribly in the United States. Uh, it And now like the cartridges of it go for like hundreds of dollars. And it's uh that's and now it's considered one of the greatest video games of all time, right? Like RPGs just weren't connecting over here for some reason. Who really knows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, there's there's the world of video games was changing going into the mid '90s. Um, Nintendo, which had dominated the market, had been fought to like a 50-50 standing in the states. They still dominated Japan, but they had been fought to a standstill in the United States by sega and at the same time uh sony is making word that they want to get into the video game industry they almost work with nintendo right do you know this whole story about the nintendo playstation i don't actually all right this is kind of important so i'm just it's uh, legit is important to this discussion no no i I believe you yeah yeah so sega in an attempt to to keep market dominance announces the sega cd which is an add-on you can get for the Genesis that plays these brand new things called CDs. <laughs> it's not cartridge-based, it's CD-based, and it's like a big deal. It, it's not really that much of a financial success, but it's enough to scare Nintendo to be like, we have to do a CD add-on to our Super Nintendo. They meet with Sony, and Sony's like, we would love to do this, Sony gets to work. They basically make a working prototype of what is called the Super Nintendo PlayStation. It's called a PlayStation because your Super Nintendo will sit on top of it, right? That's where the name comes mm-hmm. from. It, it's functioning. There's a few working prototypes out there in the wild that like get sold at auction for like insane amounts of money. It can play Super Nintendo and PlayStation games. Um, play, Sony is starting to make their own games. They go to uh, the Consumer Electronics Show... I believe 1993, they come out and they announce, we have signed a deal with Nintendo, we are making this PlayStation, and it's going to be a big hit, we're going to do it. The next day, Nintendo gives a presentation and announces they are doing a Super Nintendo CD add-on with a company called Philips, not Sony. They just totally fucked them live. Like, they didn't even tell Sony that they were backing out of the deal. That's fucking crazy. They just did it. So the the PlayStation is basically made out of spite against Nintendo. (laughs) Um, They announced it with Philips. The CD add-on never materializes, but there is the Philips CDI, which is one of the biggest flops in gaming history. And that's where you get all those weird Zelda games, because part of the deal they made uh, Nintendo made with Philips was that Philips could use some Nintendo characters for their console. So that's where you get those like really terrible Zelda animated games, which like get memed every now and then. <laughs> um, so Sony pivots. They make uh, they make the PlayStation CD based. Uh, Sega makes the Saturn CD based. Nintendo decides to pivot, stick with cartridges for the Nintendo 64. The 64, which is twice as powerful as both the PlayStation and the Saturn, but uses cartridges, 
which uses a lot less memory, they're, and they're a lot more expensive to manufacture, which is a cost that I believe gets passed on to the game um, publishers themselves, not Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't eat that cost. Uh, it, it fucks it. All the third party people are unhappy with Nintendo sticking to uh, cartridges, so they all pivot to the PlayStation because the Saturn was basically dead on arrival and the PlayStation was a huge hit. The PlayStation goes on to be the most successful game console of all time. And, like, it's not even close between Nintendo and the Saturn. Like, it's not a 50-50 split. They basically get 75% of the market with the PlayStation. (laughs) It just destroys everyone. And Square, which was developing Final Fantasy VII for the Nintendo 64, uh, decides, we're not doing that. We're, We're going with PlayStation. And it pisses Nintendo off massively. They basically had a beef for like a decade. And uh, Seven premieres on the PlayStation 1. And it is one of the biggest uh, video games of all time. And that is probably the moment RPGs, specifically JRPGs, go mainstream. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. And uh, so Final Fantasy VII does better than any of the Final Fantasies have done in the States before. It's this massive financial hit. It's like getting advertised during the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, it's suddenly massive. It was so massive that Sony, when, uh, when it was time for the Dreamcast to come out in, like, 99, they made sure that Final Fantasy VIII came out on the same day as the Dreamcast. So they thought... Final Fantasy, the brand was so powerful in 99 that the game itself could deter people from buying a new console. <laughs> Jesus. So it's massive. It's, it's, it's huge. Um, so they get a little bullish on Final Fantasy being this now mainstream brand. Um, for one, all the Japanese Final Fantasy games save for three... Um, that weren't released in the United States get ported and released onto the PlayStation console. So that's why the, the PlayStation has Final Fantasy 5 through 9 on it as a result, and 1 and 2. So the only one not on there is 3 of the original run. And they bring over like Chrono Trigger and like a few other games um, that were made for the Super Nintendo weren't released in the United States. And now, cause now this, the PlayStation becomes this JRPG machine, you know? And I think that's what its reputation is even into the PS2, right? It's like JRPGs and survival horror, you know, which are two things that Nintendo were uh, reluctant to touch in the United States. Mm-hmm. So um, you get that. That's why I think the other video game um, adaptation that comes around the time of Final Fantasy, the spirits within is Resident Evil, because that's how strong those two names were at the time. And famous Resident Evil famously doesn't have a lot to do with the actual video game, but it's a lot closer than this movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it still has, like, enough touchstones where people, like, that is people's introduction to Resident Evil. Yeah, some people, that is their gateway into Resident Evil, yeah. which is what causes a lot of contention between certain fans, but... Yeah, that, yeah. That will be a whole other discussion. So... Part of making Final Fantasy VII involved investing all this money into 3D technology and like pre-rendered cutscenes, which were very new 
at the time. Like cutscenes were new, right? Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't a thing that really happened. Um, and someone at Square was like, uh, you know, we can make a movie out of this stuff. And they started uh, messing around with it. And they were like, they did a couple animation tests and were like, why don't we make a movie using this technology? Like, we're going to invest in the 3D technology. We should, we should, you know, expand our company. We should also become a film company. We should make movies. And that's where it really comes from. They just have this technology. And 3D animation seems like it's going to be the future. Toy Story comes out in like 96, right? Mm-hmm. And people are like, this could be the future. Why don't we try? CGI seems to be a thing. Why don't we try to make a whole movie? out of this stuff and that's where it comes from um sagaguchi who was the father of the series is like i'm gonna direct it and he kind of he sits it out on final fantasy 3 i mean not final fantasy final fantasy 8 he's a little more of like an executive producer and comes back to do 9 which is comes out before that'll be important later i'll discuss that but he, he basically takes over as he's going to direct it and they get really bullish on the thing and the budget keeps ballooning and it becomes one of the most expensive movies ever made at the time of its release. I believe the inflated cost of the movie is like $220 million Yeah, nowadays, right? It's something crazy like that. We, yeah. And that's only the um, reported budget. Allegedly, the budget was a lot higher. I like, believe that. Like they, they did, they they way overestimated what they were able to do. Um, and oh my god, somewhere out there, James Cameron just got like a boner. I know it's like, like a weird forerunner to Avatar, and we'll talk about like why this failed and Avatar succeeded, like what Cameron realized had to work to mm-hmm. sell this type of stuff to people. Um, but yeah, um, now here's where there's this is I told you about how um, Final Fantasy Nine is. Uh, maybe my favorite of the series. Yeah. But it's divisive with some fans. Now, Seven is... uh, That game is kind of the one... That's the gateway for a lot of people. But that one takes a weird pivot where it's not as high fan... Like, there's always been a weird mix of technology and fantasy in the Final Fantasy series. That's kind of the thing. But it's still kind of as a... Each one still had a bit of a more medieval setting, right? Like, Six is the one where it has a bit more of a steampunk vibe. But mm-hmm. seven, it's basically like it's a world where all the magic is dead and technology is taken over. Like technology based on magic, but it has a more techno, almost cyberpunk vibe to it, like aesthetically. Yeah, not, not thematically. And, and not to get into a whole other thing, but that does feel like like I agree. I think that's maybe the the one people kind of go to as the great Final Fantasy game, like yeah. the greatest. And I think maybe the most influential on a lot of mm-hmm. up and coming artists, like. In the sci-fi, fantasy, steampunk, cyberpunk genre realm, yeah, you know? like that one seems to be heavily influential on a lot <laughs> in hindsight. And, and eight just takes the ball and runs with it, where it's straight up like set at like a military academy, like it's almost Starship Troopers is Final yeah. Fantasy eight. Like, and you know the the weird pivots the Final Fantasy the original run makes um, is such a running gag that there's actually a video you can find it um the one of the the mega 64 guys made it i don't know if you know who they are no um they they do the like uh they remake dragon like seasons of dragon ball in like five minutes no okay the cell games in five minutes 
but they also they have an oddly strong connection to the video game industry like they have these weird connections they got uh sagaguchi to do a video with them (laughs) and the joke is he has one more video game on his contract and he wants to finish it so he can pivot to his real dream of becoming a hip-hop artist (laughs) it's the actual sagaguchi in the video i want to stress that but the clause in the contract is if the video game's a hit he has to make a sequel to it so the joke is every Final Fantasy game has been his attempt to get fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> he keeps just, like making crazy shit up in an attempt to get fired from the company. And the, the climax is, we should make a movie. And then the movie is finally what does it. <laughs> and then he's like fired. And then he's like, okay, now I can become a fucking hip hop artist. That's the joke. Um, but like I said, so Final Fantasy nine is a weird game because unlike 7 and 8, which kind of pivot more in like a technology direction, it wants to pivot back to what classic Final Fantasy is with more of a medieval setting while also riffing on the new themes added. So it's it, like 9 is almost like a vi- victory lap of the whole series. But some of the fans brought in by 7 and 8 are put off by that, you know? Like they're mm-hmm. like, we don't want this high fantasy shit, blah, blah, blah. I think now it has mellowed out that people are a little cooler with those sorts of things. And then they kind of see the whole series as one. But I think it explains why Final Fantasy The Spirits Within has the bare minimum of fantasy elements in it. Because I think they were looking at this as the logical progression from Seven as opposed to making it part of the whole the series as a whole, right? Yeah, that this that's why this movie it doesn't really feel like a, it's more straightforward science fiction than anything else. Um, in fact, it's categorized as a science fiction film, even though there are fantasy elements in it, and I think those elements are what throw people for the biggest loop. You want to just get into it now? Well, do you have anything to add? <laughs> uh. I mean, I don't know that much more about the production history, but I, I just know it, it took like an accumulative like 200 people mm-hmm. to put in what would and they uh, set up... approximately be 120 years of work. If you yeah. put all their hours together, that's how much time was spent on it. And they set really psychotic. up offices in Hawaii because they thought, well, Hawaii's in the middle of Japan and Hollywood, so this will be a great place, but it's like 10 times more expensive to make a movie out of Hawaii. <laughs> So that didn't help things. Um, yeah, and they were really bullish. And this is our next... This We've done two Sony movies in a row, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. So Sony uh, can't can't make the movies work for whatever reason. Uh, Looking forward to that Craven. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies they, to J.C. Chandor. They do Men in Black, right? Like They do Men in Black. So Men yeah. in Black is like a few years before. That's their really big hit. Um, in fact, on the... Uh, the um, DVD, I got the special edition for Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Oh. Two-disc special edition, which has an insane number of special features because they really thought this was going to be the future of cinema at some point. Um, it comes with previews for Men in Black and Starship Troopers. <laughs> so I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, movie comes out... It makes like seven million dollars opening weekend. <laughs> fucking hell! Coming out against Legally Blonde, which just fucking destroyed it. Um, yeah, it was a bomb. They they haven't. I think it has hurt the Final Fantasy brand in terms of movie recognition. Even though 
with this boom of uh video game adaptations that is about to happen, Sony would be insane to not try and do something with Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a few more direct-to-video movies that have nothing to do with this film. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's some there's some other stuff out there. But uh, they've never tried to go mainstream like this ever again. Um, so... Diego, what did you think of Final Fantasy The Spirits Within? I wanted to like this so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. <laughs> um, I wanted to like it so fucking bad. It's such a bizarrely put together film. And there's obviously so much that's so fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for the time. Even now, I'm like, some of these faces look kind of better than some de-aging shit I've seen recently. Yeah, it's amazing you know, how like... many movies still look as bad as this, I guess, is the what we can say. But Yeah. Um, like, I don't hate this, but I don't think this works like, kind of at all. <laughs> and it, it it's in a way that's really frustrating, because yeah. uh, something else the director talked about, like, when coming up with, like, the themes of this film, like, he named the main character Aki after his mom, who, who died uh, several years before the production of the film, and he starts thinking about, like, you know, what happens to the spirit after we die. And that's a whole, that's like, actually a lot of, because I believe it might be his mother again, or his father died of cancer when he was making Final Fantasy VII, so, like, that influenced a lot of the themes of that game. Oh, see, see, like, all that makes so much sense, and I think that's honestly such a a beautiful thing to explore in art, and, like, I fucking really wanted to like this. This is really bad, though. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that for now. So I've I've mentioned, I've seen this on cable a bunch of times, and I've always come in, in, like, the middle, and been just confused out of my mind watching it. I don't think I've ever sat down to watch the whole thing in one go. Um, and I had the classic thing everyone else does where I'm like, what does this have to do with Final Fantasy? Like, I have the same exact response. Uh, I get the two-disc special edition for $3 at a local DVD store. Um, I put it in, and I'm watching it, and I really like the opening. And I'm like, this is actually a pretty good opening. I think they get like what they're going for across very well, but like, I've been here before. And, like, I've had movies that, like, 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 we pick these movies for the show, right? And, like, they have a great opening, and then it's like, oh, the only real idea they had was that opening, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that shit happens. And, um, and I'm, I'm watching it about halfway through. I'm like, this is still kind of working for me. And I'm like, I'm enjoying this. And I'm like, but this is a fucking two-hour movie. There's no way it can sustain it for the whole two hours. And then, then there's like 20 minutes left of the movie. And I'm like, I like this movie. <laughs> and then I, I kind of lose what the fuck's going on in those last 20 minutes. It like <laughs> finally catered in the last 20 minutes, but not like catastrophically for me, honestly, I walked away from this movie being like, it's, it's me and Roger Ebert. We, we both, yeah, we both played Final Roger Fantasy. Ebert loved it. The Spirits of it. Now, what might have helped is I was taking notes while watching it, so it helped me figure out what the fuck was going on. And what's frustrating about it is it's an incredibly simple story 
told in a completely convoluted way. <laughs> yeah, it, you know what? It reminds me a lot of the David Lynch Dune. Uh, yeah, it is close to Dune. Uh, uh, but this is a much more... This is going to sound crazy because I was just hyping up like what a, a great looking movie it was. <laughs> it's also like the designs of this stuff is very drab. Yeah. And that is clearly intentional. But it does make it feel monotonous at a certain point, too. Like, yeah. Again, it's totally intentional. I think there's a, a way to better capture the designs that they had like mapped out. Mm. It's, it's a lot of gray. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think, get it. I get why that's yeah. the purpose of the film and the narrative. It's essential to the narrative. <laughs> um, but it, it doesn't work for me mm. like most things in this and, movie. And I'll just say the other reason why this movie probably worked for me is I'm probably the only one that appreciates the PS2 looking cutscene aesthetic. <laughs> like I love Not, that, that pre-rendered aesthetic of that era. Uh, I'm with you there. So looking at this movie, it didn't like, I was kind of like, I like looking at this. Like it feels like I'm watching a feature length video game cutscene, which mm. would be a complaint for most people, but I kind of like that. Um, and I don't know. It really stuck with me in a way like here's here's the ultimate problem is that like it's it's insanely generic ultimately right mm -hmm. like it is not it does not justify the cost of what it is you know yeah um, i i think that the, the common criticism avatar gets is that it's like a beautiful looking movie it's a huge leap forward in technology but it's kind of like by the numbers storytelling and this is even below that, you know, <laughs> like this is, it's, it's a lot of very basic archetypes and very limited in its scope for probably a lot of reason. Like, you know, there's a lot of reasonable stuff explaining why the movie is the way it is. Um, but it, it's, it doesn't really justify being like this huge leap forward. It's not like the matrix where it's that meeting of, leap forward in technology and a great fucking story but um yeah and then there are moments where it's just like there's a there's a scene the first scene that like i really brushed up against um is there's the scene where they're in the elevator it's kind of supposed to be like them rekindling their relationship and she gets vulnerable about a child who died <laughs> mm -hmm. and she you can tell that they're giving a lot of emotion in their voice but it, they just don't have the technology to make that emotion appear um on their faces you know yeah it, it, there's a huge disconnect there and I, I think even to the point where the some of the performances like they're they're too they're either too big sometimes or they're too like withdrawn yeah like they're a little um like to go back to the word monotonous like Alec Baldwin, I don't think is very good here as a voice actor. Um, I, I think his his character, what's his Gray something something Gray, a, a, Edward Gray Edwards or something like that. Sure. Uh, oh, oh, of course, his name's Gray. Everything's fucking Gray. I wrote He's... Captain down because they got calling him Captain. Oh yeah, he is Captain. So maybe he's Captain Gray. So sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't care about disrespecting Alec Baldwin. Um, but why would he he's, do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he um. <laughs> well, he gave a bad performance in this movie, of course. Um, I yeah, I really did not like well, his performance. I think the people. I think the actors don't understand like 
how much of this is voice acting and how much of this is a physical performance. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can get that yeah. feeling. Although, fucking dog shit of a person, but James Woods seems to know what to do. Like, you know what? James Woods, he works uh, at least for like being a piece of shit. Yeah. And for some reason, I can't imagine why his truly great performances are when he's just a repugnant piece of shit. Yeah. You know what's good? Usually people that give those type of performances, they aren't actually scumbags in real life. They just like playing scumbags. Now to look at uh, James Wood's Twitter account and, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. But, like, also, like, I think Donald Sutherland does fine, and he feels like the guy who would be the most confused about this movie. <laughs> like, he's He's got a moment where I'm like, oh, that's kind of nice. He's kind of just the, like, Obi-Wan of the story, I guess, if you want to call him that. I guess, but if we're if we're going into archetypes, like he also doesn't die. Yeah. And not just because Obi-Wan dies, it's the whole fucking I forget the the, the story circle bullshit. He's but, also you know. named Dr. Sid. Now Sid is a character that usually appears in the Final Fantasy games. He's usually a mechanic type. There's usually at least someone named Sid. He's also in Kingdom Hearts, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh although for some reason he looks nothing like Sid and the name is spelled different. So I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe it was just like, I needed a name for this character. Yeah. Uh, do you want to you give the basic setup of this movie, or do you want me to do it? I'm going to read off the Wikipedia for this one, because... The Wikipedia I, will make it more confusing. You think so? I do. Okay, okay. Well, here, let me, let me try to sum it up. Um, uh, humanity... And this race of spirits are well, no. We don't. Here's what's fucked up. No, we don't, fuck, okay, you go. You go. We you go, don't I'm know their spirits this. until the end of the movie. <laughs> I kind of got it from the title, but okay. <laughs> well, no, like it's it's a weird. It's weird. It's weird. So okay. uh, here's the problem. They use the term phantom and spirits to mean two separate things. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So the Earth was invaded by uh, aliens thirty years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they fucking took over. They look like ghosts. Now, what does that mean? Who knows? <laughs> they, and, uh, but since then, Dr. Sid is, uh, he's a scientist guy. He's developed all this new technology based on this, uh, this stuff they've discovered since they've discovered spirit energy, basically spirit energy, which is a fantasy concept has been discovered as a scientific force. And become the basis for all our technology. And he has, he has this wild theory that actually every planet has something called Gaia, which is the spirit of that planet at its heart, right? But he can't prove it. Like that's it's basically he basically discovered God using science and has infused all our technology with this weird mix of fantasy shit and science shit. Now they're trying they have to find these things called Seven Spirits, for some reason. And these Seven Spirits will allow... They have to find nine, eight. Sorry, I'm all over the place with the numbers. No, it's not your fault. I'll say that. (laughs) They have to find eight spirits. And what they can do with these eight spirits is they can trap these phantoms without destroying them. And they can kind of trap... Like, you have to look at the phantoms almost as, like, cancer, Right that you can kind of trap it within the body. Um, all of this is not explained directly. Um, and But instead, there's an evil guy, James Woods, who's like, why don't we just blow up the, the spirits? Why don't we just blow up these phantoms? We blow up the meteorite they came in. 
that will probably kill all of them. We developed a giant laser that should do it. And Donald Sutherland's like, well, we can't do that because it'll it'll kill Gaia. And he's like, well, no one actually, you can't prove Gaia exists. You're you're a wacky person. So they have to find these spirits before the council approves the use of the giant laser. And that's the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's that's technically the plot of the movie. And I really enjoyed it's not it. not the plot of the movie. I enjoyed it. It's just it's very dense and it becomes very convoluted. And and I was honestly surprised how restrained they were in exposition. <laughs> uh, There's still I, a lot of it, but there is a lot of it's it. It's <laughs> not as bad as I thought it would be, and they were willing to try to tell the story as visually as possible. And, you know what? They were. And I'll they only seem to resort to exposition after something has already ex- been explained visually. Like, it's more like, this exposition is here for the people who haven't caught up. And I kind of appreciated that. I guess... <laughs> I guess I did... Um... I also just don't think the visual like direction. No, that's it's uh, is very good either. Again, yeah, it's a lot you of know. great corridors. Is the thing like you got to get past yeah. that? If you can't, you're never gonna get into it. Yeah, but, it's it's a big hang up for me. And like I, I again, I also understand budgetary groundbreaking technology the has the planet's supposed to be dead too. Like it's like they yeah. found a thematic way to incorporate it, but mm-hmm. I'm just like the last they, shot where like they actually get kind of like the end of the movie you actually start getting like waterfalls and trees and stuff like that. And that seems to be like the point, you know, but it probably yeah, it's yeah. too expensive to do a whole movie like that. No, no, absolutely. And again, I, I completely understand the necessity of that in the narrative. Like it, this is the right choice. Like it, it kind of comes down to like the blocking and like the lighting. I don't know. Of it the worked. CG environments for me. It worked for me. I thought oh, it told God. the story very well visually. Um, although it does they do keep finding excuses to get them into like elevators and like cells you know like they're on ships Mm. so it's like there's not much you can go wrong with the blocking here (laughs) but it went wrong enough for me or maybe it's just i didn't respond to that amount of like hallways and rooms and Mm. corridors well like i said it to me it really falls apart once you get into the climax of the movie which is a lot of them running down corridors and shooting at ghosts right but yeah, that's when it got a little monotonous for me. But like in the for the first half of it, they mix it up enough where it's like you get the dream sequences, you get the city, you get this uh, this weird barrier city, you get you get ships, you get wastelands. Like they do it a little bit at the start, but then after a while, you're like, oh, this is all they have. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, but I kind of like that. Like um, our main character, Aki Ross, that's her name, right? Uh, yeah. Dr. Aki Ross, she's sent on a mission. And it's she does an opening like she's like, I've been having this dream, which is a big thing in these fucking Final Fantasy games. That's <laughs> how Kingdom Hearts starts with a dream. I know what I was about to say. Yeah. It's like, I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Yeah. Like, is any of this for real or not? <laughs> fucking played that game way too much as a kid. No, you, you know, people haven't played it enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like, I've been having this dream. It's the same planet. I think my dreams hold the key to save the world. And you're like, wow, I don't think that highly of my dreams, but hey. <laughs> um, and she kind of does the backstory. Like 30 years ago, aliens invaded, the Earth's destroyed. I think I had the key to save it. 
And then the, the sequence of her going through the city is uh, very, uh, it's dialogueless, and we kind of just watch, it's very visually told. Even when the aliens start attacking her, she's not like, oh shit, she's just like running around, and we kind of get an idea of like how these aliens move and what they do, and then the other troops drop in, we get like, hey, this isn't sanctioned by anyone, so you get like, oh, there's like infighting among these different groups. And I thought it, I thought it set things up fairly well. Like she's like, we got to get this thing, and they're all like, what? It's a fucking plant. How can that be important? She's like, it's important. And they, they leave just enough hanging that like you're kind of like invested in what's going on without them, without having to know what's going on. And so few movies fucking do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I responded really well to it. And the crew banter is very stock, but it's not the worst I've ever heard. You know. It's not the worst. It is stock is the right word. Yeah. It's very much. Let me let me pull up the writers really quick. It's Al Reiner and Jeff Vintar. Mm-hmm. They co-wrote uh, Apollo thirteen. Yeah, and it feels like they were just handed a bunch of insane ideas, and they just kind of actually. Like... I apologize. They did not co-write Apollo thirteen. Uh-huh. Uh, Al Reiner did. Jeff Vintar uh, wrote I Robot. Yeah, <laughs> but it feels like My they favorite. were handed a bunch of crazy ideas and themes and then they brute forced it into a more generic movie you know yeah it feels like they really loved aliens yeah it's definitely they're definitely aliens inspired yeah Um, but yeah i i I vibe the hell with this movie i fucking wanted to so bad yeah i liked it a lot um it should be noted that like the top three reviews on Letterboxd, two of them are one star and one of them's three stars. So okay. I guess I am, I'm, I'm the final fantasy spirits within truther, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, this is a good movie. Um, but I, I don't know. Also, I, I was to say the highest rated uh, review in the, at the top, the, the three star one you referred to, it just says square Enix hire this man. <laughs> it's pretty funny. funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and then um, what I also like about this is I, I think a problem they talked about is that like the people, the Final Fantasy people that worked on this, they're used to telling stories that are like hundreds of hours long, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like we've like they're so used to that, so they can't they they don't really know how to do a two hour narrative. But I think they found a smart solution, which this feels like it's the last few missions of a really long video game, you know. Like, when she does that speech where she explains where the other spirits came from, mm-hmm. where she, she lists the uh, the six spirits they have up until that point, it's like, that's the other, that's the first part of the video game we didn't get to see. Yeah. Like, collecting spirits is definitely what the plot of this game was, but that's over, and now we're going into the climax of the game. And I kind of was like, that's kind of interesting. It's like, why don't more do this and start at the actual interesting part? Like, no, no, that's that's very true. You, you, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Like, I still have my criticisms about like just the monotonous of both the visuals and like the the emptiness of the like, or maybe the narrowness of the narrative. I guess like we don't really get a lot of outside perspective. And again, completely understand why they can only focus on a handful of characters and not you know hop around the globe yeah. or what's left of it in this world. Like this, the 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 money. And the time and the technology was not there. Yeah. I get that. This movie is is still a hang up for me, 
but you're right about like the narrative starting point is is probably the best they could do and it is intriguing when you're describing it hearing it again i'm like this is why i wanted to like this movie yeah i feel like i should be into this you know i feel like i, I just really responded to uh the actual plot of the thing which was like zany enough that like i kind of vibed with it you know and it just it yeah. did enough of the job like it again it's not like i'm not like saying like this is a triumph i'm just like for what it is it's not the disaster it's made out to be like it's just kind of generic is the real problem now like i didn't hate it but i i really don't think much works here even though the individual pieces should yeah. work for me i i don't know i i just feel like it and 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 when i looked at it in the context of it being the natural extension of Final Fantasy where Final Fantasy VII was at the time. I also kind of vibed with it because it felt like a bit of a time capsule. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I thought it mixed the things really well. Now it's baffling that this is tied into Final Fantasy at all. It really <laughs> shouldn't be. There's basically nothing here other than the references to Gaia. Like that's also, basically it. It's also the only Final Fantasy related thing to take place. Like this is our Earth. Yeah, on Earth. Yeah, which yeah. is stranger. That feels like it was probably those uh, screenwriter guys like being like, we have to fucking tie it down somewhere. Yeah, or like the producer somewhere. Because yeah. like, even though um, uh, the the creator of Final Fantasy directed this, you know, there's like money bags that are like, hey, you, you have to make yeah. this more on Earth. I mean, that's why so many like fantasy movie adaptations or whatever, like, well, bring them to New York or whatever. Like yeah. Master of the Universe or even recently Barbie, you know? Yeah. Barbie, Barbie though, at least... Uh... Oh, I won't say anything. You haven't seen Barbie yet, have you? I've not seen Barbie at the time of this recording. And from my understanding, it works out much better it in Barbie. It definitely does. It definitely um, uh, it that that's probably because uh both both uh the director and her husband are much better screenwriters yeah. than a lot of the people. Yeah. So. so and they take And directors. Yes. So check out Barbie, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No no one has seen it. It's not like it's just fucking eating up the box office right now. <laughs> yeah, I have to save Barbie single handedly. <laughs> And I will dress appropriately for the occasion, so oh, don't boy. worry, everyone. Are you going to do full Barbenheimer? Uh, no, but uh, Twitter pal uh, Hot Toilet Water did that incredible homemade outfit where she walks up in like what looks oh, like a yeah, black dress. That. that was amazing. And she twirls around and becomes like a pink dress. Like that. Props. Respect. Good job. I, I wish I knew how to sew <laughs> so I could live up to that. that I amazing. wish I knew how to do anything close to that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, one time I tried to make a scarf. Mm-hmm. I made a very thick line. <laughs> so. Did they teach you sewing in school? Absolutely not. You didn't have, like, home ec? No. My my uh, middle school, uh, K to 8th grade, they kind of, uh, they slowly started chipping away at, like, the arts and, like, oh, okay, like yeah. uh, recreational stuff. So I didn't, uh, I didn't get much of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to make a bag, and I think I made it inside out, so it didn't work out very well. They replaced arts with calligraphy, so that'll... That's a great idea. That's exactly the same part of your brain. Yes. So clearly it's it's it's, uh, it's a good idea to do that. Did you have one where, like, engineering idiots. could technically count as an art credit? Uh, No, but they... There was a lot of engineering stuff in high school. That's what my school did. Like, if you took, if you took three engineering classes, it count, counted the same as art credits. Uh, so. no. I like the engineering stuff and art. Uh, I had a terrible art teacher. It was just the coach. Yeah. It was just, uh, it's not his fault. He was an idiot. Um, 
Was he but, like the uh, coach in a Ladybird? Uh, the coach took he, over the, uh, the fucking <laughs> drama department. A little bit. Come in hot. I think of that scene all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this guy was significantly worse, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was. It's unfortunate. I, I feel like I, I missed out on the 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 art stuff. My parents are very supportive of art stuff. My mom paints. Well, so you're making like, up for it now with yeah. all the podcasts you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Talking about Final Fantasy, Spirits Within. So they have to find the 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 seventh spirit, which is a backpack for some reason. And uh, this is this is uh, maybe one of the smaller mistakes they make. Um, they save to show what these phantoms actually do to people until this moment because an unnamed fourth soldier get his gets his fucking soul sucked out <laughs> that's the first time we see that happen um oh we also find out that um our main character Aki ross she's got a phantom trapped within her so james woods is like all suspicious of her she's the proof that with sid's technology they can trap these phantoms and won't need to use the laser and uh yeah there's a lot of that going on here uh, hmm. but then she's like but she might be dangerous maybe she's secretly working for the phantoms and it gets confusing with the use of spirit and phantoms to mean two separate things yeah like, that's what i was even like tripping over myself just writing my notes <laughs> um when here's the problem what they should have called these aliens were ghosts but if they had done that, it would have given away the fucking quote unquote twist of this movie. Yeah, it feels like they they felt they needed a twist to kind of keep the narrative momentum going. Yeah. But as someone who did not exactly feel narrative momentum in the beginning, I didn't really get any more when it was revealed to be the thing I'd kind of anticipated from the title alone. Yeah. Well, I kind of yeah. I, I did kind of like the idea that they've mistaken what are just uh, ghosts of a dead planet as an alien invasion, right? Like they're restless spirits. Mm-hmm. And the idea being that if we use the laser now on our earth, the same thing is going to happen to us. Like it's, it's history repeating itself. And I think it's this interesting way where like you think about the number of sci-fi or fantasy films where the climax is about blowing up the hive, you know, and yeah. this is about stopping the bad guy from doing that. Um, and I do like that James Woods' character is kind of like a tragic figure even though he like dresses in all black and looks comically evil like yeah no he looks like a nazi <laughs> yeah he looks like a nazi but they all kind of have the like starship troopers vibe to him yeah yeah yeah. uh but he's like yeah i saw my wife and kid killed in front of me so like you know why i'm taking like and he does that whole thing where he's like that's why i picked all you guys all you guys know you understand what it means to lose someone so you know what's at stake here and he, he basically does like a mi- my, uh like a mini coup where like he lets the barrier down, but then he realizes he fucked up. But then even upon like, he has all, what have I done moment, but even then he doesn't back down from his plan of, uh, firing that laser, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Zeus cannon. And there's a good shot of him. I liked of him loading a gun in zero gravity, like where he's kind of like losing it a little bit. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, like yeah. that shot. Uh, I mean, anything in zero gravity is just kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly think it delivered a lot better than it had any right to. Um, will I will it be a regular watch for me? Probably not. But uh, I I I'm with Ebert. I think it's a good movie. Okay, okay. I mean, here's the thing. I would still recommend people watch this. Mm. I absolutely would. 
Because everything you're saying, like, I agree with unless I'm watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel any of it. Yeah. All the, the sci-fi stuff, especially, like, I love narratives like this where it's, like, military and science and faith and all these just fucking this, this weird genre blend, even though it is, like, funneled through science fiction. Like, it's, it's straight up pulling from, like, like uh, uh, afterlife myths and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I should love this, but maybe other people will, or at least admire it. You know, I, um, I just I think it it definitely doesn't deserve the reputation it has. As being no, it, it is far from the worst movie we've yeah. talked about. It's not Battlefield Earth, you know, like yeah, it's 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 not super incomprehensible. Um, yeah. It's just it's it's, it's, it's mainly, not fucking North. Yeah, mainly the weird thing is like it's just a why is this called Final Fantasy? You know, which I think mm. is what throws people for a loop because they're coming in expecting like dudes with big swords and shit like that right and like mm. magic and mana and shit and none of that's here <laughs> like there's a little bit but none of the like most of it is completely is gone you know yeah it, it yeah. might as well be just a generic science fiction movie and i think that which is i think how it was mostly received as well like critically yeah you know well it's, it's that like the average moviegoer isn't gonna is going to be like, this is generic. And then the Final Fantasy fan is going to be like, this is nothing like Final Fantasy. So it's for no one, ultimately. Well, <laughs> um, oh, you and Roger Ebert. Yeah, me and Ebert. Me and Webert. I mean, the big yeah. defender of Japanese animation, Roger Ebert. I mean, he, he'll go to bat for animation. Like, during the Titan AE episode, I think he's the only bigger fan of that movie than yeah. I was. Well, I think it was <laughs> the thing of, like, he was a big believer in, like, animation should be more than just kitty musical shit right like mm-hmm. he was like yeah. like animation should try and stretch a little more i think he was really jazzed on that idea and it's so like anytime a wide release animated film that wasn't like disney trash came came around he was like yes this is what <laughs> i'm talking about and mainly in that era all you could get were like weird anime films that made it over so he was like a huge fan of ghosts in the shell too like <laughs> He defended the animated Metropolis movie, which I believe Robert uh, uh, gave a bad review to. Um, so, like, he was like, I think you're wrong. This movie's great. Like, he was a big defender of um, just animation should be more than um, should be more than just this kitty shit. So I bet you he thought, he, he sees, I mean, in his review, he's like, Final Fantasy Spirits of Lynn is like the next leap. He's like, this is what the future is going to be. Even if this movie doesn't totally work, this is what it's going to be. And he's kind of half right. He, what he just doesn't understand is, is that this sort of digital technology is just going to get melded with live action technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's, that's all, that's what it really ends up being like. I think James Cameron was right with like, he kind of sees this sort of digital filmmaking as being the future, but he figured out the right way to use it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I want to mention another big positive for me. Uh, the score by Elliot Goldenthal, mm-hmm. who I'm realizing is one of my favorite composers <laughs> and not just cause he did alien three, which is uh, an incredible, incredible score. Um, this one's really good too. And there's some great, like, like motifs, and there's some, like, really interesting choices with, like, when to focus on, like, the softer, like, piano music type stuff, and when to get really big with it. And it sounds like, obviously, you should get it, like, 
smaller and quieter with like the more human intimate moments and it's like movies don't always do that so i really appreciate it that this dude's going fucking crazy just like flipping through all these different tones and orchestral compositions like he totally keeps up with the pace the movie should have like felt like to me Mm -hmm. you know like i can kind of close my eyes and just listen to his music and it takes me to a place that the movie unfortunately can't quite you know I don't know where he's at right now. He's like, he's is not he doing as much these days. I think him and like his partner, Julie Taymor, have kind of like, they've had their backs turned on like by Hollywood and they've turned their backs on Hollywood as well. Like, cause, uh, that's too fucking bad. Cause he's, he's fucking incredible. Yeah. He is good. Hopefully they're making money at least. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe, maybe he just got like a, he earned three more cents in residuals from me just buying a copy of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Some alarm went off at Sony when I bought my copy. <laughs> Someone just bought a copy of Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Is that that's not supposed to happen, right? <laughs> no, it's like some fucking. This is the opening to a movie. Alarms go off. You know the red lights, like red alert, red alert. Everyone running down hallways. What? What, what is it? What is it? We got one. We got one. We got one. <laughs> Everyone huddles around a computer. Someone bought Final Fantasy: Spirits Within. Close up on the the leader's face of the office. Who? <laughs> Cut to Macarigo watching Final Fantasy Spirits Within. <laughs> like, the no, one, not bad. One I think that's my whole takeaway. It's just not bad. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about uh, Aki Ross, the first digital actress? Oh, yeah, sure. She was very well received upon release, and there was no questions or concerns about... Uh, how she was portrayed in the marketing. Yeah, they, they, she was in Maxim magazine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange. They used her strange to promote decision. the movie and were even saying that she would appear in other movies as a different character. So she was as Aki Ross. So she could like, they would u- reuse her assets in other movies. She was, they were, re- they were genuinely trying to make the first digital actress which is crazy considering some of the discussions that are going around right now. Yeah. That's, um, it's aged worse than it sounds, frankly. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where like we could, it's kind of entertaining to read because it's like, well, it didn't work. Right. But then it's like, imagine if it had, like, would we be, we'd have to have had the conversations we're having now 20 years ago. And I think they would have been way worse. Yeah. You're probably also. right. Well, because like, just look at like, how much more open people are about like workers' rights and yeah. unions and stuff now, and much more supportive they are, right? Uh, can I ask you this? This is going to sound really dumb, but like uh-huh. there, it does feel like there's been like a big boost in people being pro union in recent years. Yeah. Do you remember when the Irishman was coming out? And people were like, "This is clearly like an anti-union film. Like that. This is like an attempt to like it's a psyop to make us an- feel anti-union, right?" Do you remember this discussion? I think I missed that. Spearheaded like by, uh, by uh, Boots Riley. <laughs> oh, oh. Who, who uh, well, has a lot of opinions on things. He does. Very talented artist, though. Yeah, very talented artist who's also, like, as pissed off at the world to not trust anything or anyone. But, yeah. Uh, and on some level, I understand Yeah, that's that. why I can't I will be too that. mad at him. Yeah. To be, like, yeah. to be skeptical of a movie where like the unions are portrayed as corrupt, which isn't really what that movie's about, but yeah. Did yeah it, no. But I felt the opposite. It felt like more people started talking about unions after the Irishman. Yeah. You know why, right? Why? Do you, why? 
Because Al Pacino shouting, Solidarity! Yeah, Solidarity! Like, like, we'll get anyone fucking amped up. It's like we all took the wrong lesson from the movie, except in a good way for once. Yeah. It's like all the people like, who watch Mar- Wall Street are like, Wall Street looks awesome. Like, we were yeah. like, you know what looks awesome? A union. <laughs> yeah, and then Martin Scorsese looks at the reaction to, like, his other gangster-related work versus the Irishman. He's like, oh, better late than never. <laughs> like... So. I am considering Wolf of Wall Street as a gangster film, by the way. No, no, hundred percent. That's that's the argument crime. I've been making since day yeah. one. Yeah, that's it's a good the, that's a good argument. It's the natural extension of where he's going with his gangster films. Yeah, not to make not to fucking just leave Final Fantasy behind because I do want to go back to this. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's the extension. It's the world we live in now, where like the the modern crime family, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. they don't get the spotlight anymore. Like there there are certainly like institutions in crime, like mm-hmm. in uh uh like behind-the-scenes crime, but it's mostly white-collar crime yeah. that's the, the face of all this bullshit now. So, someone should do another movie about that. There could be a Final Fantasy about that. Yeah, why not? Make it about financial crime? Yeah. Those, those stories get ridiculous. They have cars in the new ones. Like, well, I don't know what's going on. But like just cars, or is the car like a, a person, like a, a living entity? I, you know, I haven't played the game, so there's probably something about spirit energy being mixed with the car. But it looks like a fucking just generic car. Oh, okay. But then there's also chocobos. Oh yeah, who doesn't love chocobos? Apparently, the makers of this movie, there are no chocobos in it. Boo! <laughs> it does feel like it is kind of nuts that like the whole barrier city of New York collapses in this, which is something that happens in those video games. Like, an entire city just gets wiped out. Yeah. Everyone dies. Now, see, it is kind of like Final Fantasy, then. I'm surprised uh, Buscemi dying in this doesn't seem to make uh, the montages of him dying on YouTube. I don't think enough people know about this. It is weird hearing Buscemi's voice come out of someone who looks normal. No, leave him alone. I love Buscemi, but, like, Buscemi's got a look, man. Like... He does, but... It's not bad. I'm very defensive about It, it because... There was that quote going around about him saying he didn't realize he was ugly until he started going on the internet, and I wanted to kill everyone. Oh, uh, but no one, no one thinks Buscemi's ugly. He's got, he just looks different. Yeah, I mean, like, there was He's another... Lying. They like, made him play Crazy Eyes and fucking Mr. <laughs> Deeds. He had to have known something was up when he got asked to play Crazy Eyes. Well, look, there was the... Uh, conversely, there was another reaction to that statement where people were saying, like, they were pulling younger pictures of Steve Buscemi when he was, like, in his early 20s and stuff like that, and he looks like Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if that man came of age nowadays, he would, like, have that guy's career and have people thirsting after him. So, Steve Buscemi, it also you're doesn't not my cup of tea, but you're probably someone's. That, like, for our years of getting to know Buscemi, he was, like, always playing the Weasley guys, you know? Yeah. Like... How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, which is maybe the greatest line read in comedy history. Didn't he? Uh, when he, he he gave a speech at one of the writer strikes, and he he was, "How do you do, fellow writers?" Yeah, I think it was writers or actors, but oh, yeah, man. to open up with that and to be able to fucking land it. Yeah, that's the power only someone like Buscemi could muster. Yeah, everyone respects Buscemi. He's one of those guys where it's is like. He's never even nominated for an Oscar, I don't believe. I know, he's been nominated for Emmys for Boardwalk, but yeah, he deserves more. Yeah, I think he won for Boardwalk, at least one, but uh, still, like, it's ridiculous that he hasn't been nominated for an Oscar at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, all, like, TV is where he gets his awards, basically, so. uh, He's too good for the movies. Yeah, someone give him his, like, his performance, you know? 
Yeah. Someone do it. You listening up there, Spielberg? Yeah. Spielberg, you fuck. <laughs> uh, I guess shout out to Ving Rhames, Perry Gilpin. Um, Basically shout out to the whole cast, that's... not Alec Baldwin, who just, it's not even that he gives a bad performance, I, he just feels wrong in it. Like, that voice just... Again, I don't... I... <sighs> It's hard for me to like talk about it, I guess, but like I, I think there's there really just is like a miscalculation between the performance themselves <laughs> and the motion capture of the actors and like the the CG people. Like yeah. it just there's too much of a disconnect for me. No, you Although, know, I, 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 of I, course, I, I will also I say think everyone defense. tries. Like, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you can tell they really spent a lot of effort, at least on Aki, to make her kind of like work. She works a little better than everyone else. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell they put a little more into her. But yeah, and and shout out to Ming Na Wen. Yep, the great Ming Na Wen. I hope this didn't like who, set her uh, career back. I probably did. Yeah, frankly, but that's also because um, uh, Hollywood's racist. Yeah, I was gonna say, but Hollywood's also racist, and uh, I'm very glad she seems to be having uh, at least somewhat of a resurgence, yeah. almost because of the Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian. She was also on Agents of Shield. Yeah, um, and yeah, she had like a weird bit of a resurgence. How did you mention that before I did? That's crazy. Well, I just I just remember. Um, I think she was one of the people that was like, "We don't know why we're not." being asked to be in Infinity War and shit like that. Like, yeah. I think she was pretty vocal Which is, about She's that. right, by the way. They fucking yeah. have time for every fucking... Let's not forget other. she was Chun-Li in the Street Fighter movie. Oh, of course. Which is a very, very important role for Macaringo, age eight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very important movie. Oh, yeah. That movie's, like, bad, but it's also good. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's directed by uh, the writer of Die Hard. Yeah, and uh, and like, if you watch it in black and white, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> well, I won't go that far, but Raul Julia is fucking having a hell of a time. Raul Julia is so fucking good yeah. in that movie. Yeah. It's like it's it is criminal. Yeah, no one should be that good in a movie with that reputation. Yeah, and it, well, it's also like it's that weird thing because like like the sad thing was he was like dying at the time. Like I don't think he knew he was dying, but he was like he was very sick, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he got sick very quickly, so like that's him like giving his like performance of a lifetime as fucking M Bison <laughs> in the so Street Fighter Tuesday. movie, and like he just fucking like he goes for it, man. Uh, we that was that's one of the like we were deprived fucking twenty years of that guy like just fucking killing it in movies. Yeah. He would have been. They would have been like, "When are they going to bring back the Adams family with Raul Julia?" Like, yeah, they, yeah, really. That is the that's honestly the real challenge is you can't really replace him as Gomez. He's too fucking good as Gomez. Mm-hmm. But like, like I think the, but I think the story was he didn't had no idea what Street Fighter was and took it because he knew his kids liked it. Um, is just that's like nice. just fucking goes for it, man. But hey, yeah. I like that movie Ap- for what it is. Apologies to uh to Luis Guzman. Oh, the goose. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's good in that show. A lot of people seem to like that show. And they like... Uh, the, the yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, I no, I've heard Wednesday's good. Um, but, like, I think there's a big reason though why it's the Wednesday show and they're not doing Adam's Family. Yeah. So, But I but I was, like, the one person that when they announced that Goose was playing Gomez, I was like, 
Give him a fucking chance, motherfuckers. It's goosebumps. No, no, I was with you on that. I was absolutely there for that. People were like, why is he, he looks nothing like Elvis. And I'm like, he looks more like the drawing. Don't you fucking know your history? Yeah. <laughs> I got really defensive about that one. I, I have no interest in watching the show. I'll say this. When season two pops around, whenever that is, I'm going to give it a shot. Because now Jen Ortega is in a more like hands-on role yeah. officially. But she was I'll like say. she was out there like talking shit about everyone on working on that show. Like I heard it was very difficult and I'm not saying this, but I've I've just it's been relayed through the grapevines uh that maybe the show wouldn't have even worked without her and Tim Burton coming on I, board. I, I wouldn't be shocked, but also it is it's not not her fault, but a little bit of bad timing considering like the controversy going on between how little writers are being compensated for hit Netflix shows. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Again, not uh, her fault, because I've also heard similar stories about the Witcher TV series. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, uh, there mm-hmm. seems to be a problem with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it could be who is actually willing to work on these shows for so little that is the problem. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it's just... Yeah. I, ooh, ooh, a segue idea. Okay, so first off, you're, you're absolutely correct. And I think a big part of uh, like the bad timing is also I think people forget like these uh, these like marketing packages when they send out celebrities and actors and, and directors whatever to be interviewed or for those mm. videos or talking heads interviews right those are recorded sometimes months in advance yeah not exactly her fault is bad timing mm. um, but also this is the segue back to the Final Fantasy um, the reason a lot of these shows are kind of like in disarray or like movies fall behind schedule or whatever yada yada yada. There's no traditional pipeline anymore for like shadowing, mm-hmm. or like mentorship or tutelage or whatever. And so people, and this is, people know this now because writers have spoken up about this clearly, mm-hmm. which one of the terms for the, the WGA strike is that they want writers to be able to be on set more often because that is an essential part of the process. Yeah. Not just for writers that are interested in directing, just for, so they can understand what they're writing for, who they're writing for, the community around it. Mm-hmm. It's all essential. Every yeah. piece of this puzzle is essential. And if you're not trained for it, you could go in with the best intentions, having the best working relationships with the people you do know already. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a good relationship with everyone, it's really hard to pull something together. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about know? like someone like Nolan who was able to make, you know, he does three movies before getting thrown into like the Batman world. Right. And mm-hmm. even that, it's not like he was thrown in being like, we need someone like it was just kind of like they didn't know what to do with Batman at the time. And yeah. no one is get, get given that ramp up anymore. It's like you do your indie film and then you're immediately thrown into like this IP slop. Like you're not going to know what the fuck to do. Like, but you have no other options. Like they're not going to fund your passion project. Even mm-hmm. if it is like a 10th of the cost of this big fucking like tentpole movie. And with that stuff shrinking up it like, of course you're getting people who are just totally overwhelmed and not qualified to make these things, making these products. Like, it's bad. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, and I mean, I mean, like even someone like, I like Greta Gerwig and she got like, you know, she got like two swings at the bat. You know, she got like Lady Bird and uh, you can. Oh, can, technically she, she got three. Maybe there's that one before him, but no one wants to count that. I, I think that movie's okay. I like that. Movie. Are you out of your fucking mind? Well, there's, there's also. Are you out uh, of your fucking mind oh you're, you're not a mumblecore guy i no, and specifically that guy 
Okay. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh wait, what did wait, what did Joe Swanberg do? I just don't like his movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck. I, is I, there something out there? I just missed it. I, I don't That's know. That's so fucking funny. I don't I don't know if there there might be. I don't pay attention to him enough, but there hasn't been a Joe Swanberg movie I've watched that made me not like hate society and the world in general. Oh, okay. Like I'm very grateful that he has not tried to be like yeah, make, have me take over some IP thing. Like, he's not like... He's Colin Trevorrow if Colin Trevorrow just stuck with indie films. Like, no! I fucking hate that guy. I hate Mumblecore. <laughs> and I have a love-hate relationship with it. Somehow Gerwig got, got it out of her system. I don't know what the fuck happened. But well, you- Swanberg ha- has this thing where he, he'll make up movies on the fly. Like, mm. he's very loosely structured, mm. uh, very rarely by, like, scripts, right? It's more like like a vibe yeah, that he's got going yeah, on. And I think yeah. I think Gerwig took that ball and ran with it, and that's how you get something like Francis Ha, mm. right? Which I believe did have a screenplay. I don't know everything about the production of that movie, but I, I maybe w- would know enough to say you could argue Greta Gerwig maybe has four directing jobs under her belt in total. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so she, does, she, she co-wrote two movies with uh, Noah, so... Yeah, maybe like, co-directed and couldn't get credit for it. I mean, that uh, happens all the time. Of their own. That happens all the time. But no. um, but even then, now she's in the Barbie world, and now it's like, she her next thing might be the fucking Narnia movies, which is an insane pivot. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, it's it's still, she, that, she's kind of, even sh- her getting to do that is like incredibly rare, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, what we just described, that took almost 20 years. Yeah. So yeah, she was like, too busy getting shot in the face in the the fucking the house of the devil. Oh yeah! Oh, don't spoil that. That's such a great surprise. You've, and that's you what, people have had you know? fucking ten years to see House of the Devil. No, I, we've had like fifteen years. Yeah. So you know, yeah, not twenty years for her. It's been like 15, 17 years. You've had enough time. I gave you enough time. We can now talk about how that's one of the fucking best moments in a horror movie, and she's great in it. And I think maybe she hung out with people not just in the mumblecore. Which maybe helped her kind of develop her style a little better. Um, although maybe if she's that. dunking on some film bros, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people she's dunking on in Barbie are Ty West. Oh, <laughs> maybe politely, you know, you can dunk on your friends. You don't know what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's true. Hey, yeah. House of the Devil. That's a fun one. Yeah, there's a fun movie, and so is yeah. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. No, but. You know, it didn't work for me. me. It might work for other people. It really might. It should work for people with a fucking brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not my fault. I don't have one. I guess what I really am going to piss you off with is, A, seems like there's someone doing lawn work right outside my window, so you might be hearing that. Um, That's right. uh, I like this more than The Last Action Hero. Yeah, I fucking... I knew you were going there. The I, I way did. you started talking about this, I was like, he's going to fucking say yeah. it. He's gonna fucking I would, say I, it. I, I'll never watch The Last Action Hero again, but I might watch Final Fantasy The Spirits Within again. Um, but, this is deeply upsetting. Hey, I, someone's got to stand up for these movies. Yeah, I'm standing up for Last Action Hero. Yeah, you stand up for movies that already have a fucking defense squad, you fucking tool. <laughs> that is not always true. Like what? It is just most of the time. Like what? Well, Halloween ends. I thought I was going to be by myself. It turns out there are more people, yeah, so maybe exactly. that's not the best example. But I responded positively immediately to it, and I did not need convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the fuck else. Well, fucking even uh, the red letter media guys liked Halloween ends. 
Yeah, that was a shock though. I did not expect that to happen. So, um, I don't know what the Titan AE. Nah, we that's we didn't like that really. <laughs> I I liked that. You defended it, but I you didn't. You weren't like super into it. No, no, it's a favorite of mine. I I, I, I like this one. I love Titan that movie. AE. No. Yeah. No. Maybe if they could take this plot and the animation of Titan AE, it would I would that would be a good movie. Ooh, that's probably. Okay, now, now you're, now I think you're that's cooking. the good middle ground. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, I didn't like this. Um, I would still absolutely recommend it to people. All right. Um, here's something I was thinking about though. Uh huh. So right now we're in this weird era where it feels like uh, animated movies no longer have the box office they used to have, right? Yeah. Like they're bombing horribly. Although Elemental is like quietly making a good amount of money. Elemental quietly becoming a thing that might save Pixar. Yeah, well, it's also... I <laughs> Which think is psychotic. There's no other kids' films out right now. Yeah. That's part of it. So, like, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, oh, and, and Spider-Verse did really well. Well, here's it what I'm saying. Performed. But here's what's no. different. Elemental, that like, animated movies up until now are mainly meant for children. Like, little children, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, they can appeal to the young at heart and those, you know, with... But... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and Into the Spider-Verse, they definitely have an older audience in mind, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, not, like, I'm not trying to be, like, it's fucking for adults, man. Like, they're clearly, like, a preteen market, you know? Yeah. Um, so you, this is your advance from uh, the Disney stuff. Is this the future of animation? Is it going to be movies targeted to that demographic? And are we finally getting what Roger Ebert always hoped for, which is more mature animation? I kind of hope so. Because I feel like that might be what's happening right now. I think you're right. And, you know, I mean, we've brought it up before, but we can't overlook the fact that we're the people that grew up with Toonami. We are now the people who are not only starting to make these films, but are the most vocal proponents of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Including Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because uh, this does have a cult following. Some people do like this. Movie. I did not find it, although it is referenced in the uh, the um, video game Life is Strange, which was kind oh, okay. of an indie game from a little while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main yeah, girl I in it. it. I think she has a poster for it. And she's like, I don't care what anyone says. This is one of the best science fiction films ever made. And even the people at Square were like, why that? <laughs> oh, they shouldn't be embarrassed about this. They are deeply embarrassed of this movie. That's too bad. Well, it was uh, such it, a flop; it almost like tanked the whole company. Like they were really oh, yeah. hurt by this. And there's a there's a note where it's like, "This is the movie that uh, it's been accused of killing Square Pictures." And I'm like, "What else did they make? What like what else could they blame? You know, like this is the one." Well, they also worked on the last flight of the Osiris for the Animatrix. Oh, that's okay. the last thing yeah. they worked on before getting shut down. Oh, but that's what they did. So, um, hey, hey, yeah, good for them. I guess they, Final Fantasy X basically saved them. Like, yeah, but it also delayed their merging with Enix. Like, they, like they were in such bad financial state that they wanted to wait before uh, renegotiating because they realized they would get bought a lot cheaper. <laughs> So they waited like four more years before finally signing that deal. Because um, I think Final Fantasy X ends up being like the most pre-ordered video game of all time when it comes out. So Damn. it was like a big deal. 
Yeah. Uh, also, you can hear fucking that idiot go, ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, this is a not related to anything else besides Final Fantasy X, but when I saw that image in like the promotional magazines they used to do, because people used to buy magazines, right? <clears throat> um, it looks like Cloud if you look really fast. Even now, I kind of see Cloud yeah. in that poster of that game. So when we're going back to the whole discussion about like, but they're not sequels to each other? Like that was maybe the thing that broke my brain the most. I was like, no, but the Cloud's in the game. Look, <laughs> like I was trying to explain to my friend, like it's it's Cloud. It's clearly Cloud. But uh, I was wrong. It is not Cloud. Oh, it's also worth mentioning that this was uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within was the most expensive video game film until Prince of Persia in 2010. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, Prince of Persia starring Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Big That was mistake. 2010. Big. Uh, that was one of the mistakes of that movie, yeah. yeah. Arguably the most vital mistake. Yeah. That's a movie that, that movie. like, on top of that, that movie's just fucking 10 years early. Like, they waited a little bit because they wanted it to be, like, their next Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Because Disney produced it. And, yeah, it's, like, 10 years too early. Yeah, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer production. Yep, that fucking guy. Yeah, who doesn't love Jerry Bruckheimer? Yeah, that fucking tool. <laughs> um, I'm sure that guy's Well, he's back awesome. on top with fucking Maverick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's the only thing that's put him back on top. Bad Everything Boys else for Life. Not. Yeah, but I think COVID like kind of derailed the very good reception that movie had. Yeah. And I'm well, a big feels fan like of it. Fucking, uh, it feels like Dead Reckoning just uh, derailed the fucking Maverick train. Like a little bit, yeah. Like that movie. People just... were like, "That's gonna be the biggest movie of the summer." And not to toot my own horn, but I'm actually gonna toot my own horn. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna do that well. I'm not that shocked. It's it's kind of a bomb. I I didn't realize it was gonna do that poorly until I saw that it was um, it was coming out a week before Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like, yeah. Once you put that's... those together, you realize it's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's been a very crowded summer. Yep. Um, yeah. But with... mostly shit. <laughs> People have been saying this is like the best summer they've seen in a long time. Are you, what are you talking about? I, I don't know if I agree with them. I'll say that. Um, what, what... There's been some great movies. There like, truly yes, has there been have great been great movies, movies, but there's been more bad movies. I think the thing that's really turned around my movie. When does summer? When does summer start for you? Just I need that real quick. May, May. May. Okay. So. Yeah. So I kind of peak with Guardians because that's just, of yeah. course, that's going to be Guardians, the one for me. Still kind of like too um, much of a bummer for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Ex- I I understand it and accept that. Yeah. Like obviously, it's a very Fast Diego X, choice. A fucking disaster. Which I I have been putting off. All, um, awful, awful movie. Um, Little Mermaid, not for me. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not doing that. But I'll watch the next thing Halle Bailey's in. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Cross um, Spider Verse. There's that was good. Yeah. Now sequels delayed indefinitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Transformers: for Rise of the Beasts. I don't have to see it, but I can tell you it's bad. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the thing. It's like all the things I used to go watch. Like no matter what, yeah. I'm like, I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't understand people being like great great summer like. It's not like there's quietly other movies in the background that are doing well. No. Like, but you know what I think really makes this summer stand out, of the summer being 2023? Mm-hmm. Guardians 3 and Into the Spider-Verse both, like, just fucking blew up on 
social medias. Like the memes were immediate. The lines were like instantly recognizable. Like, I, I really hope it, it doesn't come across. Like I'm just saying that. Cause I really love those movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fucking everywhere. I definitely felt that with Into the Spider-Verse, less so with Guardians. I, I saw a lot of Dog Days Are Over TikToks. Yeah, but that's because everyone fucking just called a new therapist the next day. You know, some people were like, I didn't think it was that traumatic. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking they about? They all shared that song. like, I need to remember the one actually uplifting moment of this whole fucking movie. Um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Asteroid City came out, which people seem to like. I, I wasn't super into it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I fucked up. I was really looking forward to that. Uh, it did well, like, for what it is. Um, yeah, it, it like made, it's going to make $50 million, so. Yeah. Um, Talk to Me just came out, yeah. which I don't think it's going to be a runaway hit, but I think people are really going to respond positively it's really to fun it overall. movie. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really mean. Mean-spirited, uh, but, like, in a fun way, honestly. Yeah, like, no, no, no. It, it, it's the perfect, like, people are going to show this to their friends, like, in middle school, mm. you know? Like, really, all, like, all we really have is the, the fucking uh, Barbenheimer thing, where it's like, yes, that's just in- incredible. Like, You know what? Maybe that's it. Like, uh, along with Guardians and, and Spider-Verse, uh, Barbenheimer stuff, like, it's four movies that just kind of took up, like, cultural mileage and like everyone's talking about them mm-hmm. you know and it's outside of film circles because like i guess the mission impossible sort of used to break through that with all the other ones but this i think new some people, very clearly for nerds some people came out of uh mission impossible uh the new one being like this is gonna be amazing like this is like this i mean that they're like this is a great movie like i love this this is amazing top to bottom masterpiece and I guess the difference is if you come out of that and then do the Barbenheimer and like both of those, it's going to seem like a great summer. But if you didn't like Dead Reckoning and you also didn't like Fast X, which is me, um, it Barbenheimer is going to look like an oasis in a sea <laughs> of shit. Because then the next week was Haunted Mansion, which didn't look good at all um, for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, apologies to Justin Simeon. Yeah. Now this weekend we got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Meg 2. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to the last voyage of the Demeter in like two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm watching that a little early. Which if if uh, the advertising push is correct, it looks like Gran Turismo is just going to eat its lunch. But uh, oh no, that's too bad. Uh, How how much did Last Voyage? As long as Demeter's not like a fucking fifty million dollar movie, it might do all right. It it might. It looks expensive, is the thing. So, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, but Universal's got to be happy with Oppenheimer, though, so... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're not really promoting uh, Demeter yet. Yeah. It's like they're waiting for Oppenheimer to die down well, also, a little bit, like a, and it's just fucking not. Also, part of the thing is, like, if you saw this Oppenheimer in 70mm, the reel is so large, they actually can't physically put ads on it. Like, yeah. it's too big. So maybe they're having that's trouble. That's awesome. That's yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that they would even allow Nolan to do that. Yeah. But Oppenheimer gonna cool. gonna make like five hundred million dollars. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like for an R-rated movie, three-hour movie about the nuclear bomb, it's doing an R-rated nuclear bomb movie that's mostly a courtroom drama. Yeah, from that's my mostly people standing around talking about the nuclear bomb. That's fucking awesome. And uh, and um, it did better than Tenant, like which. Tenet had a lot against it, but you would think a movie like Tenet would still do better. 
But I mean, to be fair, most theaters weren't even like operating yeah. yet then. But so it's just I'm crazy to, to think about. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It is. You're totally right. You're totally right. But uh, hey, Nolan, make them fucking pay over at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Put yeah, the hurt fucking... on them. Yeah. Um, did you see the article? This is I thought it was pretty funny. The article where WB was like, "We're trying to make good with Nolan. We we gave him some money for Tenant, right?" Yeah. To, and it's like, dude, those are just residuals you legally owe him. Like that's yeah. not, that's not you like extending an olive branch. That's doing what you're legally required. Who aren't you paying? Like, yeah. What a piece and then of you shit. Listen, you listen to WGA and SAG strike. Like they're not paying a lot of people. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, they're paying a handful of people. Yeah, they tend to be at the top. Yeah. Well, I think there's a reason why the Directors Guild didn't go on strike. Yeah. I think directors are maybe getting a little better compensated than their fellow mm. workers. Yeah. And if there's one group that are going to be full of asshats, it's going to be the directors. No offense. No offense. But no, no, it's uh, there are and... there are great directors who are who are kind to their crews and are very good collaborators, and then there are pieces of shit. So yeah, and there's a lot of pieces of shit, unfortunately. So. Um. I mean, not this isn't like even more celebrating, but if you want a minor positive, it's that the the vote, while like still obviously uh, no to, to strike authorization, the fact that there were like directors openly talking about it, not just on social media, yeah. but like no no big names like there should have been. Frankly, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking those big names think like, big names for a reason. Uh huh. They're not they're not kicking up waves and stuff like yeah. that. Um. But there, there was enough to the point where, like, there were open discussions about the Directors Guild also going on strike. Yeah. And it's like, it's not enough, but I think it's also a sign that the times are changing. Yes. You know? And, they, um, and so the Directors Guild probably to... squandered a great opportunity to get more, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, and from my understanding, my limited understanding of, of the Directors Guild stuff, <laughs> it's that any benefits the writers and actors are going to have, it's, it's also going to work for directors That's, favor sh- should be how it is but anyway yeah they, yes. they're renegotiating right now right like they like they the wga uh, just announced that they're returning to the negotiating table um i don't know if that's the case I think they're setting up the meeting that's what to I'm return saying. to the like, negotiating uh, table it okay looks yeah. like it might be happening yes who knows um yeah cuz the 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 studios could still just be like and here's why we're going to hold on firm to this AI thing. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to square one. Yeah. They better not, like, that's the thing. They better not give in to the other demands and be like, but we still need AI. Like, that should be the one that the WGA does not back down on. Like, yeah. That's... I mean, frankly, like, if this is going to be an industry that allows people to work in it, like, mm-hmm. real human beings and not legacy kids, mm-hmm. um, they, they kind of can't back down from, like, yeah. anything. You know? So... Like it's not They're going to have to give up some stuff, though. Like, you can't not. Like, that's just how negotiating works. But yeah, um, they, they really can't back down on the AI thing. Yeah, so. yeah. If anything, I think they should have demanded more, yeah. frankly. Well, who knows? I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not speaking ill. You always it's worry just, that, um, like, they're like, well, we don't want to come across as selfish. And it's like, dude, you could ask for a cup of water, and they're going to say your demands are too much. Like, yeah. So. Which they fucking have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So I'm saying, like, go for the moon. Like, they're going to do it anyway. Mm. Like, but, you know, hopefully it all works out well. Um, and fuck the studios. Fuck Zazlav specifically. 
Oh, yeah, fuck Zaslav, fuck Iger. I don't know the names of the other guys, but fuck them, too. Um, Good luck to us getting work in Hollywood in the future. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, it's, 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 I'm just gonna have to make shit like Skidamarink. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'd be happy with. Hey, it worked out well for that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll make Terrifier 5, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the two things you can make now. Skidamarink and Terrifier. And uh, the Outwaters, which I hear is very good. What's that? I haven't even heard of it. Oh, it's it's a it's another movie that costs like fifteen thousand dollars, like a found footage thing. Oh yeah, um, I have seen. Yeah, I just googled it. Um, yeah, yeah, it seems to be getting a mixed reception. Yeah, um, but I I kind of want movies like that yeah. to get. Well, Skinnerink got a mixed one too, and I love Skinnerink. So yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure that's my number one of the yeah. year. So like, and people are mad at me for that. It probably was until Oppenheimer. For me. Ooh, yeah. okay. I, I really responded well to Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, the top three reviews for the Outer Waters on uh, Outwaters on Letterbox are two half stars and one one star. That's awesome. So perfect. That's perfect. Who knows? Um, maybe it's secretly genius. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Yes, um, I we both recommend it. it. It's a good movie. It's uh, not. It's a winning, but I would also recommend it. A winning film. Everyone, everyone should be happy with. They should be proud of the work they did on it. Um, 4K when, 4K <laughs> steelbook when. Uh, <laughs> is this even like 1080p? Like technically, I don't care. <laughs> okay. I want a 4K steelbook. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I want it released in like one of those like special edition boxes that like you can't even fit on your shelf, like. Oh, okay, let's, okay. Let's get stupid with it. Let's waste more money on this. Hell yeah. Yeah, Square Enix will never allow this to be released in, like, a decent, like, release. Yeah, seems ever well, again. Right? Yeah. yeah, has it been... I, I doubt... Let's see. Um, it, it was released on Blu-ray. Oh, it has been released on 4K. Oh, you're full of shit. So, Fake fan. Uh, Fake fan. Hey. Um... Attention, fake fan. I guess I'll have to wait for that to drop the $5, because who the fuck is buying that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know those back in the office at Square Enix would be like, Sir, sir, he did it again. He bought it again. <laughs> this time on 4K. The only person on Earth with two copies. <laughs> well, that was fun. What are we doing next week, Diego? Oh, yeah. Next week, I already put the little counter in the thing. So, haha, I came prepared this time. Right. Next week, we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Mimic. Hell yeah! Yeah. We're gonna mimic it all up in here. This is actually really funny, because if you look at the, the voting pool <laughs> polls, um, the order of the episodes is just the last three options in the poll. It's Last <laughs> Action Hero, Final Fantasy, and Mimic. Good job. So, clearly, we made some good decisions. Good yeah. job, number generator. Yeah, thanks, non-algorithmic tools, I guess. I don't know. There's probably algorithms in there. I don't fucking know math. I don't know computers. What I do know is I'm thankful for Matt for joining me today, and and I don't know where people could find you anymore. Um, the I'm on Blue Sky. Dead. I'm on Blue Sky at Emperor OTN. Um, so. I am also there. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye out there. And yeah. Slowly, slowly going. Um, I've, I refuse to call the, the website formerly known as Twitter its new name. 
Oh yeah, no, it is just Twitter. Yeah. It will change back to Twitter because there's there's too much money being lost. By Why did he decision. do that? This one really baffles me. Like, <laughs> I I, like there, uh, there is if I mean if he if he changes it back, I'm truly baffled. Like it'll happen. I would put money down on it. But happening. like, w- like because my idea was like I, I think I tweet about where it's like he can't legally sell Twitter for a few years. Like that's part of the deal he made. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just trying to sell the name, like he's trying to like he's literally stripping the whole website for parts, right? Like, yeah, I was like maybe that's what he's going for. But if he switches it back to Twitter, then I truly have no fucking idea what he's thinking. Like, I have no fucking clue. And it's like, well, he's trying to make it into a bank. And he's like, well, don't call it Twitter X then. Like, the X is the <laughs> bank part. Like, what a moron. Yeah, but he also clearly just made this up on the fucking fly. Yeah, but like you can't, but you can't just do that. Like I don't like I understand he's a guy he's very impulsive and he makes dumb bad decisions very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Have to get, it still would have taken weeks to develop a lot of what's going on here. Like oh no no yeah yeah yeah, but he definitely did just throw this at like the, the Twitter UI guys and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it still it still baffles me. Like it takes too much work, like. At some point, it would just be like, ah, forget it. Like, he's committed to being the dumbest motherfucker. I guess it really is. I mean, it's that setting of like when you're born that rich. There, there's really nothing forcing you to grow. Like, so you're just stuck in like a creepy, like permanent Arrested Development. You know, like, I mean, fucking to bring up another Guillermo del Toro movie, like Nightmare Alley. Like, yeah. When Bradley Cooper is faking the the fucking poltergeist shit. And that one guy's like, I want you to bring my wife back so you can talk to me. And he's like, I can't. I, how, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. You know, he's like, well, I can make you. I have enough money. Mm-hmm. It's like, those people don't understand real world yeah, stuff. They don't. He, doesn't, he doesn't understand he's being fooled, but he understands that, like, I have enough money. I can make that happen. That like, well, there's a good no. movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. People didn't respond well to it. Probably because it was no. fucking as grim as it could possibly be. Oh god, it, it it all builds up to that fucking final line. Yeah. It's perfect. I can't, believe, I can't believe he tricked Bradley Cooper into doing that. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, really great Bradley Cooper performance. Good movie. In that. Really great Rooney Mara performance. Yeah, where's she been? I know. Where? Yeah, where has she been? Yeah, she's treated so terribly in that movie. Yeah. Uh, intentionally, narratively, not yeah, like, like physically, but like I, I feel so bad when she's heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. Mm-hmm. You know. Also, check out the original Nightmare Alley. It's also good. Yes, it is. The only problem is it's got like those classic, like, well, we can't end it like that type. And- yeah. <laughs> and then now Guillermo del Toro's like, I've won Oscars, motherfuckers. I can end it however I, I can want. I do literally anything right now. Yeah. I'm, Which I'm, is still not true. I'm doing Nightmare so. Alley and Pinocchio. And next at the Mountains of Madness. Oh, what's that? No? Okay, no, Frankenstein wait, we're still, then. We're still not doing that? Yeah. You're still not letting me, huh? Did, huh? <laughs> what's he working on right now? He announced something recently. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That's the other dream project of his. So yeah. Um, Even though his Pinocchio is very Frankenstein-esque. Yeah. I mean, which I loved. Here's the thing: like all the whatever he was working on with Mountains of Madness and Frankenstein have seeped into his other movies. But, yeah, which he's talked about yeah. is like you know he took the mountains uh like monster concepts a lot of them and it's like well there's Pacific Rim now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I almost hope that works out for the better because some of those ideas maybe deserve their own movies and then he can focus a little better. On, yeah, yeah. Because I did read that Mountains of Madness script and it wasn't very good, but allegedly yeah, it, it was a very early script. Yeah. So. 
it feels very first draft. Yeah. Um, but also and it's very that clearly about, like the, the but, 3D blockbuster version. Yeah, and Tom Tom Cruise was going to be in it at one point. So, like, I think they were trying to make it more a Tom Cruise vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, maybe in a weird way, I have to thank Prometheus for getting it canceled. Yeah, what a good movie. Yeah, what a Anyways, that was shit. Final God Fantasy Spirits Within. Movie. Fucking... Alien Covenant's a failed blockbuster. It's also a fucking... We could revisit that. It's also a fucking war crime. I'll fucking have you put <laughs> over it. Uh-oh. Thank God the franchise is just trash now, and we never have to deal with this anymore. Alien Romulus in theaters, 2024. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm not crazy about that title, but whatever. Who would be? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Who? Fede, cook! Who would be? Um, see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Judy Foster. Find out your spirits within. We have been professionally unprofessional. Bye. Bye.